0: For generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: That's right. You are listening to an encore presentation of hip-hop horror stories. For more episodes, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your audio entertainment. Audio.
5: There's a place beyond this place. A middle ground between the light and the darkness, the nadir and the zenith. For some, it's a bridge between the living and the dead. Yet for others, it's something else entirely. It's the place where our nightmares dwell. Each one of us has touched the other side and felt the presence of something beyond this world. Welcome to Hip Hop Horror Stories. I'm your host, Belly, and each week we're going to take you to the limits of your imagination as we explore the reality of paranormal experiences. I believe in this shit for real, and the stories you're about to hear might make you believe too. Before I introduce our first guest, I want to share a personal story of mine, a hip hop horror story of my own. So let's go back. This was probably 1993, 1992, uh, Ottawa, Canada. I was probably in Canada at that point for only a few years. You know, there was there was there was just a lot of rules in my household. There was a lot of things that we couldn't do. Um, one of those things was to not go in my parents' room. First of all, shout out to my parents. Uh, you know, incredible people, great inspirations. But they just had some about going in, in inside their room. So one day, usually the door was locked. One day the door was open. It was a hot summer day. I noticed the door kind of cracked open. I walked in. There was a disposable camera sitting on a nightstand. So of course, being a little kid, I picked up the camera. I wound it up. And uh, you know when you're a kid, you think the world revolves around you. So the only thing I could think of doing was taking a picture of myself in the mirror. So I took that picture. Uh, put the camera down, snuck out of the room before my mom called me. And then, you know, went about my day, probably like wrestling with my brothers, getting beat up by my older brother. Um, you know, having like low-key racist comments said by like my neighbors. They didn't even know they were being racist. Like accidental racism was going on. And uh, probably like a week later, my mom got the footage. I mean, the the my mom got the film developed, and she came home. She was going through the pictures, and then she literally just went off on me.
3: So I told you, you were gonna.
5: Play. Why would you grab my camera? And
3: today I was with,
5: with no. Why the hell would you go in my room? When the hell did I leave it unlocked? So it just made her even more mad that she wasn't on her p's and q's like that, and um, she threw the picture at me. So it was. The picture of me in the mirror she threw it at me completely heated so i grab the picture i look at it of course being a little kid i'm smiling and laughing being like ah, this, this is mad funny i'm gonna hang this shit up so i look at the picture and it's me obviously the flash is blocking out my face in the background there's a window this was a split level house So that window would have been probably about 10 to 12 feet high, right? From the ground. Then I I looked closer and noticed there was a hooded figure standing in the window peeking in. Both eyes showing, just red eyes, a hooded figure. And I remember just every hair on my body. At that time, I was too young to have hair on my body but if I had hair on my body it would have all stood up definitely had goosebumps I showed it to my brothers we all started tripping out so that night at dinner I pulled it out and I showed it to my mom and I was like look this is the the picture that I took tell me what that is in the background and my mom took it and said everything she could to basically disprove what I showed her and then she ripped the picture in half.
0: It's nothing.
5: And threw the picture it's just away. The light. It's a so throughout my life, every single time I have a nightmare, that figure is there. And the worst part about this is, one of my friends, I'm not gonna say no names, protect identities, but one of my friends, uh, probably like 20 years ago, had a nervous breakdown and came to my house. So he was drunk. He was high. You know, everything under the sun. You know, he was in tears. I calmed him down. You know, we spoke. I tried to use comedy to lighten the mood a little bit. And, you know, just, just, just just someone that was near and dear to me. I wanted, I wanted to see him happy again. You know? And, finally, when everything was calm, he started crying out the blue. He was like, there's something that follows you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, tonight, the whole night, when you walk around your condo, there's a hooded figure following
1: you. There's something following
5: you. That's when I realized
1: you don't see it.
5: That's just been with me my whole life, and the only time I captured it was in that picture.
4: Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more.
2: Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy.
4: I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy.
1: Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.
5: This week, we have French Montana and he's here to tell us his hip-hop horror story. A couple years ago, French went back to Morocco, and he thinks he brought back more
6: than just food poisoning. It was about November 2019. It was a regular old day. I am I was just waking up exhausted from all the trips I had. I went to Saudi Arabia, then I went to Egypt, then after Egypt, I went to Morocco. And I remember it was my birthday. So, I was doing a lot of drinking in Morocco. And I guess I probably went and I ate at the wrong people house. I think I had that mentality over there, and I was like, you know, and I was just talking shit, I was like, yo, give me whatever y'all want. Like, you know, I was moving around Morocco reckless, and I think somebody was like, okay, I think somebody definitely added a little sprinkle in there. You know, when when I ate at them people house, it just, Shit just got crazy, like I started seeing shit that wasn't there, like I had, like when I was asleep, Zach had this little dog, and I woke up like four, like 4 a.m., and like the fucking dog is just like on top of me, barking that shit all around me, and there's nobody there. Right? So I thought I was tripping. So that passed, I flew back. The day started when I came back from Morocco. I remember the weather that day being, you know, regular LA temperature. You know, the valley, regular at like 80, right? Now mind you, my mother is still in Africa. Everybody's still there. Zach is still there. So I get home and I just start seeing people in my backyard. There's nobody there though. Well, I'm not on mushrooms. I'm not on nothing, you know what I'm saying? So I just start seeing people back there. It's almost like people came and camped in the back of my house. I'm just, I'm like, I'm telling niggas, like, yo, you see that? They're like, there's nobody back there. But I can see shit. So I just started tripping the fuck out. I remember after that, I went to the mosque and I called the Fakir. And I was like, yo, come, I need you. I don't know what they gave me to eat. I gotta get this shit out of me. So he came, he played the Quran and this and that. And I'm just sitting there, you know? And he's like, and he's like, yo, I don't know if you possess this and that. I'm like, he just starts scaring the shit out of me, right? Then my mother just walks in. I can hear her voice like she's inside the house, right? So I, I, I no, I just hear her voice for a little bit. I hear her voice, I'm like, yo, my mother down there? I thought she was in Africa. So he's like, nah, like, you know, she's, like, she's not here. There's nobody downstairs, but I can hear shit. I go to the studio. I walk in there, so I'm playing Cam some music. My man Cam's, and, and I just see somebody sitting in the studio with us with mad guns. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is happening? Then after, that, I, and then after that, I went outside the crib and I went across the street. I look back, and my mother's like outside the gate. She's telling me bye, wherever I'm going. I was like, nah, I'm bugging. I'm tripping. Everywhere I looked, I saw something. I I seen a figure that had one eye. I seen two figures that was shot behind a tree. I seen these two ladies that was spinning around and whispering to each other. I seen like a black bird, like the same one that's in Vikings. A raven flying around the room. At first, I can see them. And as time went by, when when whatever it is kicked in, fully kicked in, they could touch me, and that's when I bu- and that's when I bugged out. Like when I went inside my room, something just grabbed me. I was like, "Oh shit, this shit's for real." I gotta go see what's wrong. It didn't kill me, and all the spirits that came from it was there wasn't like evil spirits. In the beginning, it was, but as 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 it trickled down, it was like, "Okay, I was safe." I was just like, wow! I can't believe this happened to me. So I was backtracking actually, just to see where did I eat at, who house did I've been to, and I just start calling people, cursing them out. Yeah, if y'all didn't do this, then find out who did it. It was just like my imagination, and whatever it is, just like came like, it's like it became reality, basically, kind of vibe. I think I was tapped in, 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 like I think I was tapped into a different world for a little bit. Even if everything came from my imagination or everything was within, I think that it would still be real because even imagination is made by, you know, by the, by a high power. You know, there wouldn't be no imagination if it wasn't already made. So I, I honestly just think that you know, there's nothing wrong with experiencing things like that in your life. You know, so you, you can see that there is different places that you know you you can go, whether it's in your mind, whether it's in your, your reality, whether it's in your world. I asked one person before I asked the fakir. Hey, he was like, you were just between life and probably death in a different world. You were seeing the things that people see on the other side. I'm a praying spiritual person, one million percent. If I didn't believe in the supernatural, I believed in it after my incident.
1: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling, is choosing the right travel partner.
0: Jean! Eugene Fodor. Jean, was we'll wooden.
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
6: So, you ride the books, Gene, and the last on the business. I understand now, it is a wise man uh, marries a wiser woman.
1: But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas.
2: Get down! I'm not
1: stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze,
0: Americano! Gene! Huh? Oh! Run!
1: So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination.
4: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: We divert from haunted houses and mystical beings to enter a setting that seems, on the surface, ordinary. A hotel room on the road with a college basketball team. NBA star JaVale McGee tells us a story so crazy it makes one question the very fabric of reality. Imagine this. A night filled with card games the spirit of youthful invincibility filling the air. But as the clock ticks towards midnight, javel makes a seemingly innocent mistake. He leaves his hotel room door
2: wide open. What follows next defies explanation. My name is JaVel McGee, AKA Pierre Three Times, and uh, this is my hip-hop horror story. So, if you don't know who I am, I play basketball, and, uh, I went to the University of Nevada Reno the story begins us on a road trip we had a road trip to a little city I would say it might have been like Sacramento or something but like one of those cities and I went to a mid-major so I went to the University of Nevada Reno so we weren't going to like major cities but we went to Sacramento, which is a major city, but we went to, I think we were in Sacramento. We were landing to play someone, I forgot who we were playing. We had to get to the hotel, so we got to the hotel. As you gotta think it's 15, 16, just 20 year old, 18 year old boys. So the first thing we decided to do, figure out what we're all gonna do together. What we decided is we're gonna play like this game called High Die. The, the way the game is played is, is in the name um, whoever has the highest die wins, so. I roll a one, you roll a five, you win the money. So that was the game we were playing and we would go, once we checked in the hotel, we find out where everybody's room is and all of our teammates, because we were bunked up two to two a room, we'd find out where everybody's room is and we'd go in their room, play high die, and I was actually winning, I, I probably made like 50, 60 dollars, because we were playing for dollars. So. I was 60x my money for sure. I'm going room to room just gambling, gambling, gambling. And I'm um, winning, feeling good. The way that we were able to go in people's rooms were we put a deadlock. We put the deadlock, you know in hotels when they can flip the little deadlock in the door so that the door doesn't close all the way. Um, if you're going to get ice or something. We got the deadlock uh, on the door, um, everybody. I'm sure everybody else were smart enough to take the deadlock off and go to sleep but I'm kind of forgetful when it comes to certain things so I'm in there with my teammate Ramon Sessions Ramon Sessions is two years older than me too so I'm the freshman, he's the he's the vet but I leave the door open, I definitely leave the deadlock, it was my fault the deadlock he wasn't even gambling so it was my fault the deadlock was on. The reason I mention the deadlock is so we go to sleep with the deadlock on, I go to sleep whatever, regular night my teammate, Ramon, he's screaming out, hey, hey, hey! And I can hear him, he's like, Get out! Get out! And I'm just like, I'm thinking it's a dream, or something's going, on. I don't know what's going on. So I wake up, and I look, I look at him first, and then I look in front of us, and there's nothing there, so I'm like, who is this person talking to? Then I hear, the door hit the deadbolt anybody knows that's kind of like a pet peeve of mine too is when you put that dead boat in there if you don't catch the door it makes a loud like a giant clunk against the wall and look sometimes it damages the door too so it, it made that noise it made a giant clunk so from my perspective it's just hey, 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 get out, and then I look up no one's there but I hear the deadlock so I'm like okay He can't be lying, I just heard the deadlock. So somebody definitely was in here, I just didn't visually see them. So I asked him like, what do you mean somebody was in here? Who was in here, what happened? He said, when he woke up, he felt something looking at him when he was asleep, which is the only reason why he woke up. So when he woke up, he said he saw a guy, older white guy with white hair in a trench coat, standing in front of our beds, like in the middle just standing there staring at us and then when he woke up he that's when that's what I guess I heard was him telling him you gotta go hey 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 get out get out get out and then I heard the door close so I technically didn't even see it I just literally experienced it sort of but didn't actually get to see the guy they never found the guy and none of that but it was just a real creepy situation that I'll I literally never forget, and I literally never even seen the guy. So I have a, a memory of a person that I've never actually seen, but it's really just the guy in the trench coat who was in front of our bed in college. The crazy part is he was sure it was a real person. He wasn't like, no, it's not, no. The dude didn't float away. He, was, he said it was a real dude, like just standing there in front of our bed. If I wouldn't have heard, to tell the truth, if I wouldn't have heard the, the, the deadlock, I wouldn't have believed him. I would have been like, "Bro, you dreaming or you having a nightmare or something?" But the deadlock is what really like put me over the top. To okay, he's, there's no reason for him to lie about that. So I'm 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 dead asleep. It's I'm I'm probably in REM. If y'all know what REM is, then you go ahead and look that up. But uh, I'm sleep sleep. I'm 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 feeling amazing, and all I hear I'm just abruptly awakening by my teammates yelling, "Hey hey, get out of here! Hey hey!" I just look up, and, and I, when I wake up, I'm not a, a really a coherent person that wakes up. I'm kind of foggy a little bit, so I'm just confused at what's going on. And him explaining that to me really just... It messed up my head a little bit. Despite the extensive investigations, the mysterious figure
5: who appeared that night remains as elusive as a shadow on the wall. Unseen in surveillance footage, unknown to witnesses yet clear in the memory of those who felt his threading presence. So, what are we to make of this insane tale? Was this a visitor, a manifestation, or a trick played by exhausted minds? Some questions are not made to be answered, and others should just be left alone. Sometimes, we carry things with us that we don't understand. In my case, it was some kind of demon. To this day, I don't know who he is or what he wanted, only that he was always there. I wasn't the only one that could see him. I know somebody, a close friend of mine, that was in crisis. Saw him all those years later, and it really makes me wonder what this thing was or what it really wanted. And I'll probably never find out. The point is, we're never alone, even when we think we are. French seemed to have the whole village with him, and his Fakir advised him that perhaps these people were a bridge between the living and the dead. Were they warning him of something that was coming? Or was it just a peek into a world beyond our own? I guess we'll never know. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Belly. Join us next week for more hip-hop horror stories. (laughs)